Welp, that one's going to hurt for a while. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube. Also, speaking of YouTube, I want to thank you guys for helping us to reach over 350 subscribers. We greatly appreciate the channel, and if we can assist a challenge as well, would love it if we could make it to 500 by the first home game this weekend. That would be fantastic, but really appreciate your guys' support. Hello, everyone. My name is JT Wistersill, and on today's show, we are going to be going over Utah's crushing loss versus the Florida Gators, an absolute heartbreaker. The Utes fall 29 to 26 to the Gators. We're going to go over the three biggest takeaways I had from the game about this Utah team, some negative, some positive as well. But first, just want to start with general thoughts on the game. And I mean, what an incredible game, right? Just can't get better than that in week one. We had exciting turnovers, explosive plays, great action. It was so much fun and potentially the, the star of breakout QB this season. I mean, Anthony Richardson, there were a lot of question marks coming into this season, and I thought he did a fantastic job of answering them in week one. And I think this Utah team, once again, people were like, well, that was the Rose Bowl, but they lost some players. I think anyone who tuned in nationally can see just how for real this team is. I want to make this clear before we go further. There are very few teams that could go down and get a win in the swamp especially in the first week of the season. That's as hostile an environment as you can find. If you want to know if that's true or not, ask anyone who went to the game. It's an incredibly difficult place to play, and all the credit in the world to this Utah team for showing up, having a phenomenal importance, one they so were so close to winning and absolutely could have won. But by no means, when we look back on this season, is that going to be a bad loss? Because this is a Florida team, as I mentioned. They're, they're going to surprise some people, and I would be surprised if they – lose at home more than once this year because it, it's always hard to be perfect at home. Something Utah's done a phenomenal job of, but still, it's a really good Florida team. And before we dive into the takeaways, just want to jump into the final play really quick. And yeah, that's it's just a tough way to go out, right? Cam takes us all the way down the field, phenomenal throws, using his legs as well to get it done. And then but thought he had Kincaid in the end zone, kind of just predetermined, I think, where he was going with the ball. If you guys are looking for an interesting, a great breakdown on the play, make sure you guys check out friend of the show, Brian Brown, his YouTube channel. Just launched it today, actually. So first YouTube video for Brian. Make sure you guys go check that out on YouTube. Search Brian Brown for it. And he kind of breaks down what the youths were trying to do there. And personally, I wasn't, I don't love the play call in that situation. But hey, that, I mean, that's always easy to say when it doesn't work, right? But yeah, Brant Keithy was going to go, on a shallow out route to the outside that was well covered. Devon Vailey got hung up. Dalton Kincaid also got tangled up. Was there a slight face mask grab? Yes, but it was extremely brief and something that I didn't notice live. And I don't think any of the officials would because it was so fast. It's a bang, bang play. I had zero issues with no whistles there. And I just think that's a tough one because Devon got hung up. Cam basically stared down Dalton the entire time, making it easy for the Florida linebacker to come over and get the interception. And it was a fantastic play and the Gators made a number of them throughout the day. And all they needed to make was that last one to seal the win. So credit for them for getting the win. And this Utah team is going to be fine going forward. Before we jump into the takeaways, just want to say something really quick. I know a lot of you guys have been getting on ESPN's play-by-play announcer, Dan Washusa, for saying there at the very end that 
he said yes after the Utes picked off the after the Gators picked off the pass. But he was simply saying after he said the question he said was was it intercepted because he's in the stadium seeing the play from really far away. He didn't know, so he said was it intercepted? Brief pause. Then he said yes. He was not being biased. It was actually not Dan Wasuza. It was Bob Wasuza. He was not being biased in that scenario. He was simply. I said, was it intercepted? Because he didn't know. That was just the first thought that came into his head as a broadcaster. I know things seemed a lot clearer to us on TV. I think he was watching the play live all the way from up in the press box where he, or the booth, wherever it was located at, and he couldn't clearly make out what was going on. So that was why he said, was not intercepted? And then said, yes, emphatically. And he said, yes, emphatically, because it was a fantastic play and an unbelievable way to close out and end what was one of the best finishes of the weekend of college football. Might not be able to call it the best anymore after what happened in the Florida State LSU game, if you guys saw that. But we're here to talk about the Utes, and that's what we're going to do. So jumping into the first thing that really stood out to me was just Utah's struggle to contain Anthony Richards, Richardson and the Gators' offense as well. So Anthony Richards had an unbelievable game in this one. In total, Richardson went 17 for 24, 168 yards, had 106 yards, three touchdowns. I know I called him Rich- Richards a couple times there. It was Anthony Richardson with the way he played. He absolutely deserves to have his name said correctly. A phenomenal outing for him. And all the credit in the world to him, as well as the skill position players of the Gators, you guys, whether you're talking about Montrell Johnson Jr., Trevor Etienne, the Gators receivers, they were outstanding in this one. And said one that unfortunately the Utes couldn't come away with because more than anything to me, they couldn't make stops defensively. I mean, talk about that first drive. Yes, Utah was a great job by Jonah Ellis getting that ball out and causing the fumble. If it wasn't for him causing that, that looks like it's an easy touchdown and who knows how that game plays out as well. So it's unfortunate for Utah that there were so many missed tackles and inability to create pressure and blown assignments. And just starting off with the missed tackles, how many times did, whether it was Van Fillinger, he was in the backfield a couple times, couldn't bring Richardson down, whether it was Mo Diabate, Karene Reed, Cole Bishop a couple times, even though I did, I think Cole Bishop did play pretty well overall, but there was just a point in the game, Clark Phillips even guilty of it, where a Ute was in a position to make a tackle and they couldn't do it. And that's just the tough part about this. Those are the things when you try to draw up and figure out who's going to win this game you say oh those guys are in that position they're going to make the tackle and Utah was in the position a lot this was not like the game plan was bad Utah was there they just couldn't close the play every Florida run was positive yardage pretty much because of the push they were getting from their offensive line as well as the running backs just doing a great job running hard even the receivers for the Gators were breaking tackles as well so just a tough one for the Utes is they're unable to bring down and make some of those tackles. And part of the reason Anthony Richardson didn't just have a success on the ground was also through the air as well. And big reason for that is that inability to create pressure. I thought Van Fillinger and Junior Tafuna would have an outstanding day and combined for four sacks. I thought this would be their breakout game as one of the elite pass rush duos in college football. That didn't happen. Van actually, according to ESPN, isn't even credited with a tackle or a and obviously not a sack in this one. And between the two of them, they combined for no QB hurries in this one. Utah did have Jonah Ellis did a good job getting in there. Connor O'Toole as well, getting one. But that was the disappointing thing is your dominant pass rush duo wasn't, wasn't able to be dominant, wasn't able to get inside, create that pressure. And Richardson had all day to throw on his long touchdown run. It was well covered on the back end. And then he just saw things break open. So he took off. And one of the reasons that was even so open is one of the Gators offensive linemen 
tossed a Ute onto the ground off position. Just things you can't have happen in pass protection as this Utah team just really struggled, whether it was bringing four or five, the Gators offensive line really stepped up. They were outstanding. That's a group that had three returning starters and a couple of new pieces coming back as well. And credit in the world to them because they absolutely dominated in the run game and the pass game, making sure Richardson had all day to throw. So the missed tackles, the inability to create pressure. The last thing is the blown assignments. There were multiple times in the game where you could see there was a coverage blown or just someone wasn't in the right gap. Wasn't filling the right gap in the running game as well defensively. So just little things you want to clean up on. And they're part of the reasons when Utah looks back on this game that they weren't able to get a win because, no, it's not on Cam Rising for throwing an interception late. Each guy can look at something where they made a mistake or they could be better. This was by no means a perfect game for Utah, obviously. And everyone can see opportunities or things they need to improve on. And it was, yeah, it was just disappointing to see this Utah team struggle to stop this Florida team. But as I mentioned, I think Anthony Richardson and this offense are going to surprise a lot of people. So I don't think it was necessarily a, it looked bad at the end of the season that they gave up 29 points to Florida. Cause I think they will do that. But I think when you turn on the film, it's just disappointing because you see how many times Utah was in position to make plays and just couldn't get it done. So that's the tough part for it. This defense, I think they'll be fine. I think a lot of guys like Lander Barton is, is a key one for me. He's It was his very first college game in one of the most hostile environments. He's going to improve as well. Diabate's first game with the team. And all these guys had moments where they did nice things. They just also had moments where they really struggled and it hurt the team. And that's everyone on the defense. So that's something where Coach Scally, Coach Witt, all the defensive coaches, the players themselves, they're going to coach these guys up and they're going to come in ready to go of course, versus Southern Utah this week, but obviously going forward to games beyond that. So I still have a lot of faith in this defense. I just think this is one we'll look back on, like uh, some of those missed opportunities. But there were other couple takeaways I had from this game that we are going to get into in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you guys about Built Bar. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor, ready, delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite cookie dough chunk puffs. Have shed a light, have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunk puffs. And of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. What's great about Built is that all of their bars are made with that collagen protein, which your body absorbs more effectively and provides tons of health benefits. So eat something that tastes good and is good for you. Make sure you guys go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED. On 15. That's locked on 15. Get 15% off your order. Once again, use promo locked 15. So, jumping back into this game for the Utes, my second takeaway is Brant Keithy, wide receiver one. We've been talking about how Devon Bailey is going to be the breakout receiver for this team. And I personally thought Devon was going to lead them in yardage. You could call this a one-game overreaction. I think it's going to be Brant Keithy once again. I think that was me overlooking the improvements and strides in Brant's game, which is a, totally a mistake on me because I literally talked to Brant a couple weeks ago about how he spent time with the training with the wide receivers in the spring, and he talked about how that improved in his route running and how he's coming out of breaks better than ever before and just feels like he's a better all-around pass catcher because of the time he spent in that receiver room learning from the guys and the coaches as well. And that was something that popped up, obviously, all over the field in Saturday's game. In that one, Brant went for had nine catches, so 105 yards 
and a touchdown. Scored the first touchdown of the season for the Utes on that shallow crosser where he showed off what makes him a great pass catcher, the ability to get open, as well as what makes him a good tight end. How about the toughness, being able to fight through two guys and still get into the end zone? But Brant is was Cam's guy still. He knew he could get open, and didn't matter if linebackers or corners were matched up against him. Brant was able to create that separation. You can see he, just his footwork. I feel like it is even stronger. He's a better route runner, and that's what allowed him to get open, whether it was the seam route, the huge gain he had for about 20 yards, which I believe was his longest catch of the day, or just something like a little quick in or just to get open and be able to make that play, those plays as well. I thought Brant was outstanding in this one. And I think, I think he's going to have a huge season as well. I think this is a guy who a lot of NFL teams, you know, they're projecting him more to an H back. I, I think after this season, there's a lot of them who are going to be looking at him as a, a bigger slot receiver guy capable of making those plays or even just want him as a traditional tight end because Brand was still getting after it blocking wise. I thought he did a really good job. And, you know, this is some, that's something Utah did. We're going to talk about in a second, how well Utah's offensive line did. That's going to be the third takeaway I have, but for Brant, I thought he did an outstanding job standing up and blocking SEC defensive ends and linemen as well. Hung in there, really held his own. You see the tenacity he blocks with is huge. But just that ability to come up clutch, he did such a great job relocating as well. No, he didn't catch the ball, obviously, that hit the ground and he trapped it with his feet. But refs didn't overturn it, so another credited catch for him. But it's just that uh, that ability on that play to relocate. That is so impressive to me. So that was the other thing for me. Brant's going to lead this team in yards once again this year. He's an even better receiver than he's been in the past. His route running is phenomenal. We know he's got hands like glue. So Brant Keithy is once again going to have an outstanding year, and I think he's going to go for a career high in yards. As He's already off to a great start, obviously, with 100, and there's not a lot of places that's more difficult to get than in the swamp. So moving on to my third takeaway, I want to talk about just how – dominant not dominant but really good Utah's offensive line was because I don't want to use dominant because in the first half there were times Utah struggled to run the ball on Utah's second drive of the game they tried to run at the the first two plays and I believe got a total of seven yards there Utah had three yards for most if not all of the third quarter until Tavion broke that one and on the last 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 play of the quarter but I think this offensive line is a group, and I've talked about this is a unit that all of the guys have started at least four games, with the one who's only started four games being Paul Miley. Everyone else has started more than that. But this collection of guys has never played together and that and also had never played in those exact positions, obviously, because Braden Daniels moving over to left tackle. But I was so impressed with their ability to come together in a hostile environment like the Swamp. Sure, there were a couple of few errors and mistakes, but for the most part, they did a fantastic job creating running lanes for Tavion Thomas, doing a good job in pass protection. Cam, once again, not sacked. He was pressured a couple times, but overall on the day, they held up and gave him strong pockets in order to work to through and from and I thought those guys did a great job working their double teams whether it was counter blocks washing guys down pullers coming through cleaning things up but a lot of times when Utah needed tough yardage they were able to get it because of these guys and I know they weren't able to do it on the goal line but there's also debate if they actually did do it on the goal line as a lot of people it seems like that there was a clear view that Cam Rising was in on that third down so we wouldn't even be talking about it if they had Called that a touchdown. Of course, Tavion slipped on the second down. That would have been a touchdown. And then give credit to the Gators team that came in. And it looked like to me they did punch the ball out on Tavion. So it didn't matter if he reached the ball. That was just a phenomenal play by the Gators able to create a turnover there. So I once again, I thought Utah's offensive line was really strong in a loud, hostile environment. Communication is so important along the offensive line. And when you can't hear each other, 
or hear the snap count. It can be so hard to be able to communicate. And yeah, there were some bumps in the road as there's always going to be, but I thought for the most part, this Utah offensive line was absolutely outstanding. I thought these guys played a great game and I'm excited to see what the rest of the season holds for them because look, we know they're going to take care of business versus Southern Utah, but they'll have some other tough tests. Yes. I know Oregon did not look good versus Georgia, but I think we underestimated how good Georgia is going to be this year, especially with steps and Bennett's improvement. So once Oregon's defensive line comes to town, we'll see how USC is looking then. And whoever, if Utah gets in their bowl game as well, whether that's in the college football playoff or just a normal one, they're going to face some talented defensive linemen because I still think this team is going to be in a very high bowl game and position. And I'll say this, I think a lot of people are saying the sky is falling. There's no way Utah can make college football playoff anymore a one loss conference champion can absolutely make the college football playoff so this utah team's hopes are not dead at all yet and a huge reason for that is this offensive line now look utah is going to need some help because obviously if the sec has a team go undefeated or two teams go undefeated and then one loses in the big 10 championship the sec championship they're still going to get in of course as well as the acc big 12 so utah will need some help to get a team in but It's not like that's out of the realm of possibility. So once again, great performance by the offensive line and Brant Keithy as well. So for the final thing I want to do here is I want to give away some game balls. You know, some you do after every win or every performance, but we're going to do it even when the losing ones, because there were still guys out there who deserve to be celebrated. Now, the first one, I'm I'm not going to get cutesy with it. It's it's going to Brant Keithy, of course. Just We already talked about it, 109 yards, phenomenal game, phenomenal day. So Brant's going to get the first one. The other one I'm going to give it to, though, is Makai Bernard. I think Makai was a guy who coming into this one, we didn't know what his role was going to look like. And you could look at, three carries for six yards and not be as impressed by that. But let's not forget he did have the touchdown on the ground for this Utah team on the great outside run, showing off the vision as well, cutting that one back inside, as well as was effective as a receiver. Five catches for 31 yards, and so many of those catches were critical as well, or Cam's last check down option, and he had to do a good job of holding on to the ball with pressure bearing down on him. So I was really impressed with Makai. Also, on that last drive, there were a couple times he had to hang in the pocket tough and pass block. And look, Makai's not the biggest guy in the world, but he is incredibly strong and plays incredibly hard. So he makes up for it. And once again, just that strength allows him to really hang in there and stand tough and do a good job buying Cam some extra time as he's aiding the protection. The other thing I thought he did a great job of, and I'll even throw Devon in here too, just for return purposes, is I think Utah's return game was really strong in this one. I didn't think they really missed Britton Covey as much in this one, and I didn't really see one that Covey would have broke to the house in this one had it been either of those two other guys. So I thought Makai was phenomenal in the return game, was phenomenal all over the field. Last time we saw him, he had to play both ways. This one, he was back where he belongs on offense, where he's clearly going to have a large role for this team. Other game ball I want to give away is I do want to give one to Cam Rising. I thought he was outstanding still. 22 for 32 on passes, 216 yards, a touchdown, and yes, of course, the late interception. But how many times? Also, it's seven carries for 91 yards. So you have over 300 yards of total offense on a road game in the swamp, and you drive all the way down and put your team in a position to win with a minute and 25 left with all the yards on that drive coming courtesy of Cam. And I know he threw the interception, but – 
Cam still played an outstanding game. And the only reason Utah was still in a position to win that game is because they have bad mood rising at quarterback. So I thought Cam did a great job. Yes, there were some miscommunications, some bad throws, some pressure got to him in moments and wasn't able to deliver balls accurately. But for the most part, Cam was on the money. And as I mentioned, getting it done with his legs as well on some of those scrambles that led to huge gains for this Utah team. And if a lot of people are to be believed as well. I, I tend to think this way too. If it wasn't for that touchdown being overturned, obviously the third down one that they didn't take a better look at, he would have had another rushing touchdown as well. And we're talking about a very different game, but I, I hate playing the, if this happened, if that happened, because there's so many variables in the game. So we're just going to leave it at that one. Also, Game ball to the offensive line, of course. We already talked about them. Game ball to Jordan Noyce. How about Jordan Noyce coming up clutch, making two huge field goals, one of those from 43 yards as well. We know he was money on the extra point, but still, that's a long kick in a place that is screaming at you full of, let's call it at least 75,000 Florida fans, probably 80,000, maybe even more than that, screaming at Jordan Noyce, his first game as the starting kicker for this Utah team in 2022. We know he got some run last year, of course, but the expectations on this team, obviously high, just won the job. We don't even know how long his leash is, I'm sure, as the starter. I'm sure those are things that were all racing through his head, and yet he was able to come in and come up clutch for this Utah team. Now, the last Game balls I got are for R.J. Hubert and Cole Bishop. I know the defense didn't have a great game, and yeah, these guys had a couple bumps in the road as well, but for the most part, I thought they were phenomenal. Cole did a great job coming down in the box multiple times, saving some touchdown runs as well as making some plays, applied some pressure in the game too. Got credit with one QB hurry, but I saw a couple other times he was involved in the action as well. And R.J. Hubert was third on this team in tackles. He had eight seven of those being solo. I think he did a really strong job in coverage. The Utes gave up some yards through the air, but still held Richardson to under 200 yards passing. He actually only had 168, which for a college quarterback, it's not like that. Those are incredible numbers. So and Hubert was a huge part of that. A lot of the secondary really played well, but Hubert recovered the fumble as well, almost took it to the house. I wish he would have turned it back inside, but I understand why he opted not to just because of thought, hey, he maybe felt more comfortable, thought if he was going to try to make a move, maybe he was going to lose the ball. So I wasn't bothered by that decision of him to decide to just get pushed out of bounds there and let the offense go to work, and that's what they did. And, yes, this is going to obviously be a tough game for Utah fans to swallow, for the players to fall to swallow. You could hear it in Cam Rising's voice how – bummed out he was I'm sure he felt like he let the team down because especially if you're someone who's critical of yourself and blames yourself when things go wrong you're hard on yourself then that's what you're going to do in that situation and that's what every single guy is going to do on this team when they look at this game I'm sure is they're going to look at a moment and they'll go I could have done this or I could have done that so this loss is on me and because you have guys who are committed to working hard getting better and making improvements I still have full faith that this team can be great in 2022 and once again I think Cam is still going to be a phenomenal quarterback and leader there are not a lot of quarterbacks in college football who go into a true road environment like that in the swamp and lead a drive to get his team down the field in position to win that game. And that's exactly what Cam Rising did. And you live and you learn from your mistakes. And I think that's absolutely what he's going to do from that interception. Last thing I want to close out with is obviously we talked about when it comes to this game, this was a huge game for the Pac-12 gaining respect because if you can't beat a middle of the road SEC team, then where are you at? But I think at the end of the day, it's the same thing as the Ohio State game for Utah. They weren't able to get the win, but they showed they absolutely belong on that level. So 
I don't really think this is a bad look for the Pac-12 losing this game. Now, a bad look for the Pac-12 was obviously Georgia destroying Oregon. That that wasn't the best, but I didn't think that was a coaching thing for Dan Lanning. That was just a clear talent drop-off because there's a reason the Dogs won the national championship, and it's because the guys they had starting were that much, were at least a little bit better than the guys they had backups, but those backups and other guys who contributed are still really, really good. So looking at this one for Utah, still a win for the program in general, I think, in terms of national respect, as once again, this Utah team is a legitimate team that can go in anywhere, play with anyone, and get a win against anyone. And I think they proved that going to the swamp because once again, there's only a select few handful of teams that could go down there and do that. So still a moral victory for Utah in a way in terms of that they prove they can play on that stage and I mean obviously I want to go in there and win the game everyone wanted that to happen too but I don't think this is the the disappointment that we thought it was going to be if Utah couldn't go and get a win because once again they were in position to win and they easily could have won that game if that game is played 10 times it's probably split five and five based on the way it played out with Utah someone coming so close on so many chances and even Florida can look at it at how close they were to having a different outcome in the game as well. So it's a great one to break down. It's an unbelievable start to the season. And yeah, it's going to sting, but there are still so many positives you can take away from this for this Utah team that should have you excited about the upcoming season as well. And we know college football kickoff weekend, it has been fantastic. Five days in a row we've had games by the time this time tomorrow. Clemson will have closed out the weekend versus Georgia Tech. But you know what else is coming up, guys? NFL. And if you guys are looking for a preview to get you guys back in the NFL, learn about the action, what's going on, the changes, the moves, how your team's looking, then make sure you check out the locked excuse me the ultimate pro football preview 2022 it's an eight episode extravaganza to get you ready for the nfl season the local team experts of the locked on podcast network plus a betting angle from lee sterling of locked on bets all combining into one ultimate nfl preview search for the ultimate pro football preview 2022 on your odyssey app youtube or wherever you get your podcast and of course I want you guys to make that your second listen every day because we greatly appreciate that your first listen every day is here on locked on news so Appreciate you guys listening. Make sure you like, subscribe on this video as well. Comment. Love interacting with you guys in the comments. Even you Florida fans who have already been coming at me a little bit for my incorrect predictions, which I do deserve, I will add. But make sure you guys stay tuned to Locked On Utes all week. Got a bunch of fun previews coming up for the Southern Utah game coming up on Saturday, as well as a few more reactions from the players and coaches. We're going to hear from them throughout the week. We'll be breaking down their comments on Locked On Utes. But once again, Greatly appreciate you guys listening in to what is going to be a fantastic season of Utah football and on Locked on Utes.